We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Hi, everyone, and welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast Wednesday edition. Meg McDonald here. So normally the Wednesday podcast is Women's Wednesday, and I have the chance to really highlight some of the top women in sports right here at OU, whether it's an athlete, a coach, or a member of the Sooner support staff. But I'm switching it up a bit this week because I really wanted to give OU football DB Justin Broyles a platform to share his thoughts and his message. He has been vocal on Black Lives Matter. He spoke at the March in Norman recently, and we even go into COVID-19 and how he feels personally on getting back out on the field. This conversation is so important in my mind in terms of learning and becoming more educated, but also to make sure that Black Lives Matter is not just a trend. We need to see real change. Oh yeah, he also has a really cool story about head coach Lincoln Riley showing his genuine support for his team that I think is really, really awesome. And I haven't really heard it, the story at all. So be sure to wait for that. This is a really, really cool conversation. So without further ado, Justin Broyles right after this. The Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by AT&T, America's best network. Metroplex Electric, we can be your electrician. Don't forget, 2020 football season ticket renewals are now live. Log into your account on Soonersports.com to view all of your renewal information and to renew today. Wingstop, it's time to add some boneless wings to your Wingstop delivery order, available in any of their 11 mouth-watering flavors. So go ahead and crush those spicy, saucy, sweet, and sassy cravings. Go to Wingstop.com now and get delivery to your door. Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. 
All right, so, so, so excited to welcome Justin Broyles on the Sooner Sports Podcast. He's a DB at Oklahoma, a four-star recruit coming out of high school, played in all 14 games last season, making 26 tackles. Justin, also from Oklahoma City, you're majoring in African-American studies, so cannot thank you enough for coming on and spending some time with us and kind of giving you a platform, getting your message out to Sooner Nation. Thank you, thank you. Nice, uh, nice you guys to have. So I have so many questions for you that I want to get your perspective about mm -hmm. and just want to have an open discussion, get okay. your message out there, because this time right now is bigger than football. This is a part of America's history. So first we'll start out with what have you been going through personally in the last month or so, and what's your take on the Black Lives Matter movement? Well, you know, I just kind of just been working on myself, you know, just improving myself, you know, uh, not just from ball, you know, but like in life aspects, you know, just how to handle adversity, you know, and, and really more the mental side, you know, and, and, and digging deep within myself and finding out who I really am. And, you know, the, with the past, I feel like that has helped me prepare for these, uh, that kind of prepared me for the events that, I, that, that we're kind of in right now, because um, I find I find myself handling uh, handling a lot of situations a lot better than I than I normally would, you know, by showing a lot more grace and, and having having listener ears and, and being open to new perspectives and understanding, you know, that, that my perspective isn't the only perspective and that I can learn, that I can learn from more, you know, uh, from, from other people's perspective. And then I kind of just cultivate a lot of my messages and what I say, you know, around that, and, you know, just kind of, you know, just kind of just, just you know, really, really done opened up to a lot of perspective, you know, so and I'm still just trying to learn and grow. So that's kind of been the, the path I've been on these past couple months. What has been your take on the Black Lives Matter movement? Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, it's it's not a movement. It's it's definitely a lifestyle. You know, a movement comes and goes. You know, what I'm saying this was just the movement. This was here. This, but you know, we want black. We don't. Black Lives Matter is a, is 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 a, a lifestyle. You know, so we're not gonna categorize categorize it as a, as a movement because when you say Black Lives Matter, that means Black Lives Matter today five years, 10 years, you know, and so that's what I kind of think about, you know, just even the, the phrase or the word when people say the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, I kind of think of it as a lifestyle, you know, and, and it's just really beautiful, you know, to see all of these people coming together, you know, and everybody really seeing how powerful we, us as people really are, you know, and, and, and it's beautiful to see because it's kind of like everybody's in the same boat, you know, like there's no sports, so like there's no sports, there's no, um, events going on on TV. So it's kind of like everybody's messed in the same boat and that uh, that we all have the, the platform and the opportunity and we're all using our platform and the opportunity to, to speak on these social injustices and, and encourage our others and use, encourage others and use our platform to inspire others. So and that's, probably, that's probably the biggest takeaway I get from it and why the, why the lifestyle is, is beautiful. Yeah, I love that, making it a lifestyle. So how do we make sure that this isn't just a trend, you know, not just a trend on social media, that this becomes an entire thing of equality? I feel like we have to, we have to understand what it's gonna take, you know? I feel like that's probably the most important thing, you know, the action, the action is good, yeah, that's great, but if we don't understand what it's gonna take, then the action can be, a day or two, you know, but if we understand we have an end goal of what we want to, of what we want to accomplish and, and, and this is what we're going to set out through and this is, this is the standard we're going to raise for America for all, 
I feel like the most important thing is to keep this lifestyle going is, is understanding the end goals and understanding the process and the journey that it's going to take, you know, understanding that there's going to be delayed gratification, understanding that there is going to be failures and setbacks and there are going to be some highs and, you know, we can't ride the highway or we can't ride the too low way. We just got to continue to stay neutral and just keep pushing forward and just keep moving forward until I'm about to say, I don't, I, beyond, I don't honestly, I don't think it's a goal, you know, I feel like it's just, it's a life, like I said, it's a lifestyle, you know, even like my grandkids, grandkids will be living this lifestyle. So it's, it's you know, we just keep pushing it and knowing that, that we have to stay, we have to stay positive throughout whatever, whatever circumstance that we get to, in order for us to, to reach the equality that we want. What actions would you like to see implemented to help achieve the racial equality? Um, any actions? Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm still, I'm still learning, learning a lot about what's going on right now in, in my laws and, 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 uh, and what's, what's not right. Cause you know, I kind of been just tucked off in football. I can be honest and kind of just say I've been tucked off in football and just, it's kind of like a lot of us athletes. So, you know, we're still trying to take the time to educate and learn ourselves. But, you know, one of the biggest things that I've been harping on is voting. Cause you know, that's something that that's kind of attainable right now. Like you can look up and you can see who you're voting for as far as, um, other major actions, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still, I'm still trying to grow and understand how, how each part moves and works. So. So I do want to get, you know, your takes on so many things, obviously, but also to educate myself. I am a white woman and just others who are listening to this podcast. So why is the term, I don't see color wrong? If I say I don't see color, that's saying like, I'm not, I feel, I feel sorry for you, but I know that there's not any, you know, that the, that the tension in America has, has ceased. And that's what I kind of get from the, I don't see color. Like, oh, well, it's, it's kind of not that bad. You know I me, mean? I, I see, I see color, you know, I, I'm not racist or, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like it's kind of taken away from from what we're actually speaking about in the movement, it's kind of like the it's kind of like the saying "all lives matter." If, if that if that makes sense, it's kind of like the saying "all lives matter," because when you say that, it's detrimental to the Black Lives Matter movement because it's taken away from from what we're trying to do. You know, we we understand that all lives matter, and we understand that that we are we are one we are one one race, the human race. But at this very moment, the race that is that that is that is being threatened is is the the people of color or the in the minority so I actually saw a really interesting um comparison to the all lives matter where it was it was a post it was a video that said something on the lines of like well my house is on fire mm -hmm. you know we need to put the fire out and then someone was like well what about my house yeah. well your house isn't on fire yeah. like it's, it's that to me was genius. It just made it so simple, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, it's crazy because I, I, I had an illustration in my head and uh, it was just one, the same, same exact context. It was just that a person was on a knee and it was three of them. A person was on a knee, was like, oh, my knee hurt because he fell on the ground. And one person was like, hey, I'll help you out, you know? Then the other guy was just standing up like, hey, what about my knee, you know? And so, and that's, and that's really, ever since I've seen that, that's kind of been my take on it, my perspective. Like, like we're not saying that everybody's knee doesn't matter, but at this time, you know, we were fighting for the just we we're fighting for the equality of the of the minorities in America. So, so as a white person, and I don't want to assume and put words into your mouth at all, but mm -hmm. 
But I imagine that my reaction to getting pulled over by a police officer is different than yours. Like, I'm just annoyed, right? I'm like, oh, was I going seven miles over, seven miles per hour over, whatever it was. But I was never scared, you know? So did you ever have to have those conversations growing up with your family, your parents about how to act when you were approached by a police officer? Oh yeah, we, we definitely, we definitely had those conversations and those talks. And, and to be honest, I, I really didn't understand it. Cause I'm, cause when I had with my, with my parents, I were, I was around like 16 and I'm like, oh, pops, man, that, that can't happen. Like, you know what I'm saying? That, that was way back when, but, but now I'm understanding the more, and it's starting to become clearer that, that no, this, that this is a serious issue. I remember my freshman year with Coach Riley, he had even brought in a, uh, no, yeah, Coach Riley had brought in a couple of uh, police officers and they had uh, just, we had like a little grow you session over, um, over uh, and how to, how to interact with cops, you know, and, and what to do just in case you get pulled over. So yeah, most definitely, I've, I've definitely had those talks with, with my family. And then of course, here at the University of Oklahoma. I do want to get into the march in Norman, Oklahoma. You know, you got up on stage, you really shared a powerful message, but for those that couldn't be there, what was the message to everyone that was there? It was really, um, that understanding that this isn't, that us at this march isn't the end, you know, that understanding that there is, there is another process. That, I mean, there is another step to this. And if we just leave here and say, we've done our job, you know, like we, we, we've accomplished nothing, you know? So I just told them to really understand that. It's kind of what I was talking about at the beginning, just understand that there's going to be delayed gratification, understand that it's going, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a process, but it's, it's a process that can be done. And so, really started just encouraging them, you know, really just step one, to just go out and vote. And, and we can start there, you know, just go out and vote and then we can go from there. Or if anybody who wants to understand more about the black history, just, just digest a little bit of something every day. You know, we all sitting at the house. Just, just digest just a little bit of something. You know, you can look it up or watch it on a movie, but just digest a little bit, you know, and, and, and you'll start to see those little increments daily just pay off and you'll understand more about or, or, or you'll understand more why the minority of people of color are frustrated right now. So that's, that's kind of really what my message was, just to understand that, understand that this will be a process and, and that voting can help out and, and really just, just staying committed to the process. Were you encouraged by the amount of people that showed up in Norman, Oklahoma? Oh yeah, I almost definitely, definitely wasn't encouraged as in to speak or just like surprised as in general. Just encouraged that there were so many people there. Oh yeah, I know. I, I definitely supporting I, you. Yeah. Oh yeah, I definitely, I definitely was was blown away by the by the amount of people, and and to be honest, the amount of people in Norman, Oklahoma. So I, I can't even. It, it was kind of out with me, like, like, yeah, this is this is some this is something big. This is something special. It seems like Coach Riley has been very supportive and pretty outspoken about supporting this entire. Black Lives Matter, and that it is important to him. And this is a quote from head coach Lincoln Riley. It's a personal belief of mine. You've seen it said a lot of places. All lives do matter, but the incidents here of all the different things that have gone on between law enforcement and specifically black males has highlighted that. And it's highlighted that other people said it very well, maybe better than I can say it, that all lives can't matter until the black lives do too and on an equal playing field. Have you felt the support from your coaching staff, from your teammates, and even from the university? 
oh yeah, I, I most definitely um, felt the love and support, especially from the, the coaches. Um, not too long ago, Coach Riley and I, it wasn't, it wasn't even announced. Uh, Coach Riley, um, Jeremiah Cordell and I, we all went to um, a little boys and girls club in, in Oklahoma City. And it was, it was, it was in third, uh, second ward on the east side of, uh, on the east side of Oklahoma. And, you know, it was, it was that, that, that made me realize, you know, Hey, Coach Riley's really genuine. And all I had to do was ask him. So that kind of just gave me all the confidence in the world and, and seeing him there and, and listening and, and being engaged. And, and you can tell it wasn't a facade or it wasn't fake. It was him honestly listening, enjoying, interacting with the kids, man. It was, it meant a lot knowing that, you know what I'm saying? That's my coach. Like that, that's my head coach. Like I can come to him and ask him for anything now, even though I already could, but it's, it's like a boost of confidence because he's not just he, like he's not just saying this is what I mean and he leaving it to Twitter and you know but no he was actually in the field as we call it he's actually in the field with us so <laughs> so I listened to an interview with Arian Foster and something that he said that stood out to me was and I quote small victories matter mm-hmm. in this time we might not be seeing and even you mentioned it that we have to keep pushing we have to keep pushing it might take longer than we think, but these small victories, they matter. Do you believe that the United States has made small victories in terms of social injustice? I, I, I'd say yes, because um, the fact that the athletes and everybody in, in, the, in the higher ups of the community are using their voice and are, and are becoming the forefront of this, of this fight is, is major because in previous events, yeah, we, ha- we had them, you know what I'm saying, we would wear shirts or or LeBron will wear shirts, but it's it's different seeing LeBron say, you know what? No, we're gonna we're gonna do X, Y, Z for vote for voter suppression, or seeing J. Cole or or Dennis Smith or somebody, you know, marching, actually being out there, or Russell Westbrook actually marching and being out there, you know, that that's a that's a big step because those are those are kind of the idols in in, in our community and that that we see. And so knowing that we're all on the same page and that we all have one common goal for injustice, that's just the that's just a small goal to me that I see as a start because because you you can you can you can start to see the 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 um you can start to see the lifestyle gain a lot of momentum you can start to see it gain a lot of momentum and, and I feel like that was one of the small victories and I feel like that was a big victory. I'm glad you brought up you know LeBron James and Russ because I do want to ask you is there anyone specifically that you look up to in terms of speaking out about police police brutality that is either an athlete or a non-athlete that you just really respect their message and the way they're going about their business? I'm gonna be honest, uh, I don't wanna sound too, uh, too cocky, but uh, man, I'm the only, only person message I respect is, is God, you know, well, and I say respect as in, that's who I, that's who I look for to, to get my word, you know, and that's how, and that's just how I, I, I even began, you know, when I spoke at the first rally, I, I didn't plan on speaking. I didn't plan on doing any of that. He just said, like, he just, he told me, go up there, he said, hey, I need you to, to go inspire. And, and that's what I just did. And it's kind of just been just continuous events from then on. And so I say the only person I just look to is God. When I talk to him, he'll give me what to say. And even now, right now, he's, he's, he's I feel like he's flowing through me and I'm, I'm just his vessel. You know, I'm not the messenger, so... <laughs> What were some of those feelings when you didn't think you were going to speak that day and the, this higher power and God decided that we need to hear you? What were some of those feelings going, walking up to that stage? 
I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I was as I was walking up, I, well, the first time, it was kind of like when the man had said, uh, "This is I got the mic for anybody." I'm like, I ain't, I'm, I ain't going up there. I'm, like, I'm about to walk away. I, mean, I felt something just say, "No, you gonna speak, you gonna inspire." And I'm like, "No, I ain't trying to do that." But I understood that. I understood that 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 was that other voice working in me, and that I had I was purpose for this moment right here to inspire. So. As I'm walking up there, I, don't, I mean, I didn't have nothing planned. I didn't know what to say. I'm just not going to lie. I'm just nervous. You know, I'm just thinking. And I just took a deep breath and said, Jesus, take the wheel. And I just opened my mouth and just began to speak. So, so as we tape this, June 19th, Juneteenth was just a few days ago. And I'll be the, fir the first to admit that as a white woman, I honestly didn't really understand what this holiday was. Like, I'll be completely honest. I didn't learn about it as a kid. I really had no idea. Why is this day so monumental for not just you, but the black community? And what did you do to celebrate? I'm going to be honest with you. I think we're kind of in the same boat right there. You know, I just, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's right, but, but before, you know, June 19th of this year, June 19th of this year, it was just kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Because I never heard it in school, so. It really, it really never resonated with me for real life. So I'll, I'll be honest, I, I really didn't, I really didn't understand until this year, and I'm still learning. It. And that's not to give me a, a, a pass off the hook for or nothing, but that's just me. Like I'm like you, you know, I'm still learning, and I'm, I'm still trying to understand what, like, what this actual holiday meant. And you know, so on June 19th, I told you we had spent it at the Boys and Girls Club for their event, and you know, we just, we, you know, we spoke up there, uh, me, Coach Riley, myself, and I, and uh, Cradell, as we uh as we were up there with a, with a, with a group of people on, uh, on the panel, so. Okay, I'll give you one final thought before, I do wanna talk about COVID-19 because football is a big deal. College football is a big deal in these conversations, but for like Black Lives Matter, what are you most hopeful that in the next upcoming months, the next couple years when you have kids, mm -hmm. what are you most hopeful that their lives will be different? Uh, you know, just, I hope that uh, I hope that every kid understands that they can be whatever they want to be. You know, just cause, just cause they don't they don't see it on TV or a person of their color is not portrayed like that on on TV. That that is possible. That you can do whatever you want to do if you put your mind if you put your mind to it. You just and you just set out for it. You know, and I'm not gonna say it's, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be easier. It's, it's definitely gonna be hard, but it's it's definitely doable. And I feel like. I feel like that's what I, that's what I want the younger generation to know that if you put your mind to anything, it's possible to do whatever you want to do, you know. And 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 I feel like that's the, and I feel like that's my message to the younger ones, and I feel like my message to the millennials is more of like this 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 is our fight, like this is on us to make sure that we can, that we and our grandkids and our younger ones that they that they know that they can be whatever they want, you know, and not wake up thinking, oh man, I just got to be a, a football basketball player, you know they. They see doctors on TV. They see people of color in in the courtrooms, or they see people of, of color on, on police uh, in the in the police system. And so, I just honestly feel like that's what it is, you know. Just to know that I'll be able to tell my son, "Hey, man, you can be whatever you want to be," and he has and he has zero fear, and he's just he's relentless in what he wants to be. Wow, very very well said, Justin. Okay, switching gears a little bit to COVID nineteen. This pandemic has put the college football season in jeopardy. It's 
everywhere, right? Like we cannot escape it from social media, Twitter, sports center, it's everywhere. And I don't want to play downplay this disease at all, but as a player, are you really excited to get back? Are you just more than ready to get back on the field? Or is it something that you're a little nervous about? Um, to be honest, I'm, I'm extremely, I'm extremely excited and ready to get back and, uh, and, and play with my brothers. But, you know, another part, you know, just, I just kind of take it day by day, you know, so, cause you know, we, nobody ever, nobody ever knows what, with, with this virus, you know, how, how tables may turn. So I just kind of try to take it day by day, you know, control my excitement, but it's definitely a lot of excitement in there. Definitely a lot of excitement to get back. How have you been staying in shape during the shutdown? Oh, I've definitely, um, I've been eating, uh, I've been eating right, working out, you know, sleeping right, hydrating, you know, just studying, watching films. So, you know, just kind of just, you know, that, you know, like my schedule really never, it really never changed from school, you know, cause I kind of even, I stayed in Norman, so it really just kind of on the same schedule, so. What are you most excited for in returning to campus? Well, you're already in Norman, so what are you most excited for in returning to practices? Now, of course, we start with the voluntary workouts, but seeing your coaches and teammates, what are you most looking forward to? Man, I'm, I'm honestly looking forward to just, just getting out there working and, and having fun and competing with my brothers, man. That's, that's really it. You know, we, we, we got a group mess, you know, we talk a lot of trash to each other, you know, so, so I, I just, I just missed that, you know, I missed that brother, you know what I mean? I could, we, we could go back and forth at it, but no, at the end of the day, man, it's going to be all good and that we both got better because we both competed, so. Okay. As a player, what is the best thing about game days? The best thing about game days? I'd probably say the walk of champions because you know it is actually time now. It's actually time to 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 to, to lock in. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to lock in. Okay, last question for you, and I so appreciate you taking all this time out. I think it's such an important message that you have. Um, your major being African American studies, mm -hmm. you're a redshirt junior, so you have a little time before you have to really have everything figured out, but what do you want to do after college? Um, after college, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to the uh, I'm going to the NFL, and uh, I plan on using my story. I plan on using my story to to inspire others and and let them know that that it's possible to chase your dreams. You know, just your storytelling for real and inspiring others and, and using my testimony and, and my ups and my downs and my highs and my lows and how I got through it and, and using that to inspire others to to achieve greatness within themselves. So. The Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by Norman Regional. Norman Regional offers virtual care so you can consult with a doctor on your smartphone. Learn more at normanvirtualcare.com or download the app today. OU Extended Campus, degrees online, on-site, on your schedule become the tradition. And OG&E, OG&E power at the speed of life. Blue Cross and Blue Shield. For Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Oklahoma updates, please check out bcbsok.com. With regard to medical treatment, members should call the number on their ID cards for answers to their specific benefit questions. Our members' well-being remains our top priority as we continue to monitor developing news about COVID-19. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website is the best source for all the most up-to-date COVID-19 information. Thank you so much to Justin Burroughs for his time and sharing his message on this week's podcast. I hope that you guys took away as much from this conversation with Justin 
as I did. All right, here's what's on tap for the rest of the week presented by Philip 66 Live to the Full. Friday, we'll hear from Dr. Dale Bratzler on the Sooner Sports Podcast, and our classic games this week continue our focus on the great rivalry games in recent Sooner history. So the 2017 OU versus Texas matchup features a big-time strike from Baker Mayfield to Mark Andrews, while the 2018 Bedlam battle has a wild finish before the Sooners secure the win. Make sure you're subscribed at Soonersports.com slash podcast. All right, that's all for today's podcast. I'll see you next Wednesday, Sooner Nation.